For the Hartford Current, I'm Mike Hammett, and this is Capital Watch. We're just a couple of weeks out from the start of the 2020 legislative session in Connecticut, but it's been a while since we've had a capital update from Bureau Chief Chris Keating. So we'll do that today specifically as it pertains to tolls and transportation. Some new developments, newer anyway, include paring down truck-only tolls to only 12 across the state and the formation of a 13-member committee to make some decisions. Stay tuned. The broad overview, um, the tolls bill, the, the point of it is to uh, have trucks only tolls. There's been many, many proposals, but this is trucks only. And it would be at 12 spots around the state on six different highways. So there's been many, many iterations, many possibilities. But what it's boiled down to is 12 bridges, essentially, on six highways. Two of the most prominent things that they dropped out most recently was the Merritt Parkway in Norwalk and Route 9 in Middletown. There was going to be tolls at those spots. Those have been dropped. So historically, one of the plans way back when was 82 toll gantries overhead, and then we were 53, and then we were eventually 14. Now we're down to 12, and for trucks only. Okay, so I think the last time we did talk about this, it was it was 14. Yeah, probably. So this is this is. Two fewer than that. So no more merit in Norwalk. Is there is there somewhere else on the merit other than in Norwalk? Uh, no, that was that was going to be the big one. And and one of the key reasons, uh, there's two reasons. Uh, they might not explain it to you this way. Bob Duff, the Senate Majority Leader, lives in Norwalk. So that wouldn't be too good to have it in Norwalk if you're looking for votes. Right. And B, more importantly, if it's on trucks only, trucks are not allowed on the Merritt Parkway. Oh, so so uh, trucks, no trucks on the Merritt Parkway unless they're on there illegally, uh, but they have very low bridge overpasses there. So it's just bad news if you get your truck onto the Merit. It's, it's, it's going to be hard to get it off because you're going to hit the overpass. So anyway, no tolls the entire length of the Merit. And we had talked about Route 9 in Middletown when we were talking about the overall transportation plan and these choke points. Route yes. 9 in Middletown, there are traffic signals going yes. through Middletown. Did that have something to do with getting rid of the the proposed toll there? The the fact that it is sort of a choke point. Well, I think I think they're going to still try to change that. I mean, that's been talked about sadly for a really long time. In other words, the the way the way that it's set up there in Middletown, uh, those traffic lights have been there for decades. <clears throat> excuse me, and have bothered drivers for decades. This is near the Aragoni Bridge. For your listeners, it's near Wesleyan. It's near the Middletown Courthouse. The way that you would be able to do that, allegedly, you would kind of like build a bridge over it. So if you picture the highway the way that it is now, you would you would still need on and off, right? You need egress, access and egress, basically. And now the only way that you can get onto those roads are, is at those traffic lights, basically. So if you elevated the highway, if you just picture this in your mind, if you elevated the highway and the highway is going up here, you could still, you wouldn't have to change a thing. You could still drive on, except now you'd be driving underneath and then you bop on the on the highway that way, if that makes sense. I yeah, it, it does. does. And we see that in certain places in New Haven and on yeah. 91. And we see that all over the place. It actually might be a good idea. And, Without it, without it being a sort of a, a viaduct situation where you're elevating the whole, yeah, it, just just sections of it, right? Or a super flyover like in Hartford, uh, as the listeners know, in in Hartford, the huge flyover from uh, 84 to 91 North uh, that took a while to build, and uh, that's only been up for a couple of decades, frankly. That's not a 50 year old flyover. 
So now we're so we're at we're at twelve, and they're truck only. Do you have the feeling that this is a, a sort of a final version, take it or leave it, or are we still kind of is it getting whittled down as days progress? Yeah, it's pretty whittled down and pretty watered down. Um, some people have asked me like, you know, how much lower could you get? You know, six toll gantries, five. Um, you know, it's pretty narrowed down if you think of it. There's only twelve tolls, six highways, and only trucks. All right, so. Uh, that's a huge difference between 82 gantries with both trucks and cars, if you think about that for a minute. 12 with trucks only is is very watered down. And keeping in that spirit, I mean, it, it seems like tolls used to be sort of driving, you know, to put it that way, drive the entire transportation plan. I mean, this was the way that most of the revenue seems like it was going to come in. According to your latest story, I mean, now it just seems like it's it's going to be used to pay the interest on the loans for the entire transportation 10-year package. Is that is that fair to say? Right. The um, <clears throat> And also, they extended the interest dates. By that, I mean, originally, they were going to pay off these bonds in 27 years. Now, they're talking about 35 years. Okay? So, as most people know who have a mortgage or a credit card or anything like that, the longer you lengthen out those payments, the smaller the payments are uh, individually so that you can afford it in the short term. However, in the long term, you end up paying more money, right? In other words, if if you have a 15-year mortgage, you're probably going to end up paying less out of pocket than a 30-year mortgage because during those 30 years, you're going to be paying more. But generally, not to oversimplify this, but generally, the payments would be smaller so they would be affordable. So is that an important conceptual way that it's being framed as just, okay, this is going to bring in a little bit of revenue to help pay off the loans rather than our entire transportation plan is going to be built on tolls and, and not just trucks. Yeah, well, and, and also the $19.4 billion, which is the overall cost of the plan, um, don't be surprised if you see that lowered and uh, some, legislators, some legislators feel that's too much. They, they, that, that, that is quite a, a, a big amount of money, I mean, as they say. On the flip side, Governor Malloy had a 30-year, $100, $100 billion plan uh, that people, many people dismissed as pie in the sky, and it never happened, right? So you got 30 years, $100 billion, versus now it's 10 years and less than $20 billion. It's way, way downscaled. Uh, and, and it's still running into problems. As you know, we haven't talked too much here about the political problems, but it's still running into political problems. And one of the main reasons is that people, not everyone, but many people believe that if the gantries go up, it will not just be trucks. It will eventually be cars, too. And they just don't believe it. Now, how does a 13-member proposed committee fit in with all of this? Are they the, they the ones who are ultimately, if, that, if it goes through... They will be deciding if the price goes up, if tolls get extended to cars in addition to trucks. Tell us about that committee that they're proposing. Yes, they're talking about a, I believe it's called the Transportation Policy Council. It has many different names, possibly. Some people wanted, the Republicans wanted to bring back the Transportation Strategy Board. There was all kinds of different names. Uh, what we wrote about was a couple of weeks ago, we got a, a draft copy in which the rates would go up by the State Transportation Department. Okay, and we wrote that story, and I think possibly some people read that and said, like, eh, we don't want the bureaucrats at the state DOT having that much power 
to to increase the toll rates. Holy cow. So uh, when the second draft came out that we got a hold of uh, the other day, uh, and also at a time when basically most of the legislators haven't seen it, they scratched that out with the state transportation department and put in this 13-member committee in which all kinds of people would have appointments. And by that, I mean the Senate minority leader, the House minority leader would get one pick each. And before you know it, you got 13 people on this committee. Uh And so there's a concern that you're putting on a board who makes these decisions, people who are not elected officials, essentially. Right. I guess they would be appointed. At the moment, I don't think they would be paid, but they would be appointed. Uh, The answer is yes. And the governor would uh, be able to pick the chair of the committee, which is kind of the 13th person. I guess if it ended up in a 6-6 tie, you get the chairman in there. That's why you have 13. That's why you get that that number 13. Yes. How is that proposal being received both by by Democrats and and Republicans across the state? Uh, Some people like it. They like it better than the the idea of, of having the state DOT do it. 99% 99% of our listeners here couldn't name one person at the state DOT. They have 2,700 employees, which most many people do not know. But the concept of an unelected bureaucrat, even the legislators didn't like that. Now, on the flip side, what happens with this 13-member committee, the legislature has much more juice if you know, literally different legislators themselves get to pick some people on this. The so-called top six leaders at the Capitol would get uh, one pick each. By that, I mean the House Speaker, the Senate President, things of that nature, the top people. Lamont would get some picks. Again, Lamont uh, would get the chairman, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Husky fans, listen up. We've got another podcast we want to tell you about. UConn Insider from the Hartford Current takes a deep dive into all things UConn athletics. Host Chris Broder brings you exclusive, in-depth interviews with coaches, players, and reporters who are dishing out expert analysis each and every week. Search for UConn Insider wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe today. Want more from The Current? You can subscribe to our Five Things to Know newsletter to get the latest headlines in your inbox every morning. Politics, breaking news, UConn sports, opinion, and more. Head to current.com slash newsletters to sign up today. With this latest draft of the toll proposal and and just the entire transportation plan at this point, as as we're recording this, I mean, does Lamont have the votes? They're, They're talking about maybe bringing some version of the bill next week. Uh, possibly. Uh, it's it's very tenuous. Uh, the Senate Democrats announced that they had eight, essentially 18 contingent votes. In other words, 18 yes votes. But as part of those yes votes, uh, you have to do you have to give me something in return to get my yes vote. So in other words, I'll vote yes if you improve the bus service in the cities. And that was uh, literally one of the items. I'm not making that one up. In other words, improve the bus service in the cities, which apparently hasn't been improved that much for a while, to help all the people who don't have cars, frankly. Um, you've got it. You, you have to do that. That hasn't been done in a while, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there may be 18, and 18 is the minimum, I should say. That's assuming that Susan Beisowitz, the lieutenant governor, would break the tie. So it would be an 18 to 18 vote, but those 18 come with contingencies. So you went to a town hall meeting, was it last Sunday? Yes, it was Sunday in Westport. Tell us about that. Uh, that was a, uh, a somewhat controversial uh, meeting because it was uh, supposed to happen on a Tuesday night. 
Some people said there were scheduling conflicts. Other people said that it was canceled or postponed when the word got out that it wasn't going to be just a bunch of, of pro-toll people. Anyway, make a long story short, uh, the town hall was on Sunday about 400 people at a middle school in Westport. Mostly, mostly, uh, you know, mostly pro-toll people because the anti-toll people boycotted it and were out campaigning for a special election that was going to happen two days later, uh, which was Tuesday, which did happen. So the anti-toll people were not there. Not not in a big way. Yeah. I mean, there were there were people, there were anti-toll people there asking anti-toll questions. Um, but the main group that has been showing up at the Capitol left and right and a guy named Patrick Sasser, who's the leader of the group, they were not there. I find that a little surprising, but I, I guess, I mean, there was some, was there some strategic reason for having it two days before a primary where they, they knew they'd be out kind of in force? Um, they, they basically switched gears mid-course. In other words, the uh, it's called notollct.org, and it's online. Um, they basically switched course mid-gear, uh, mid-session, and decided and said, hey, wait a minute, these elections are super important because the people who win these elections or lose, the people who win these elections are going to be voting on tolls. So maybe we need a new strategy of either getting people either going for the people who are against the tolls or against the people who are for the tolls, as, as the case may be. And I think since the last time we did talk about tolls, there has been sort of a maybe not a new group of pro-tolls, very, very sort of uh, visible group coming out in favor of tolls. We, you know, we've seen them around the Capitol Am I right in thinking yes. that it's kind of popped up more recently? Yes, uh, very recently. Uh, right, I guess you would call them a pro-toll group. The uh, anti-toll people uh, don't think it's a very big group. They kind of think it's a front group of some sort. They have a lot of signs, pro-toll signs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How big of a group it really is is uh, a little bit difficult to say. But yes, they they appeared at the Capitol uh, not that long ago, so they're they're somewhat new to the scene. So how are Republicans in the leadership responding to it so far? Do they feel, I think I read in your story, Len Fasano believes that Lamont's been too secretive about putting the whole thing together. Tell us about the response. Yeah, the uh, the Republicans have not really gotten their hands on these different drafts that we've been talking about. Uh, these drafts, for whatever reason, haven't really been released publicly. Uh, we have gotten them here at The Current and have written about them. But uh, even the rank-and-file legislators, a lot of the rank-and-file have not seen these drafts at all. So in some ways, they're you know commenting in a vacuum, uh, which is a little bit difficult. The top leaders, I'm assuming they have seen it, and Lamont's people have seen it, but it, it's been held pretty tightly, pretty tightly. So the promise of a special session now is, is looking probable to you sometime maybe as early as next week? Well, um, I think it, it might not happen next week because they might have to have a hearing. Anyway, the, the next regular session starts February 5th. Right. Okay. So don't be surprised if uh, there was a toll vote like the last Wednesday in January, which would only be one week before the next session. We haven't really discussed that too much here, but in other words, uh, if it spills into the regular session, which basically runs in round numbers from February 5th to May 5th. If it, if it spills into that session, there are a million different issues that are going on during the legislative session, the state budget, 
sports betting, all kinds of stuff that we can talk about here on another day. But what would happen is tolls would get sucked into that vortex and in a downward spiral that just sucks the air out of every place. <laughs> and, and basically, you'd have sports betting, marijuana, tolls, the state budget, vaccines, vaping, all kinds of stuff that tolls could get lost in the shuffle is the fear of the pro-tolls people. Also, the legislature moves very slowly, and by that I mean once the session starts, you got to have public hearings, committee votes, et cetera, et cetera. So what does that mean? That means if it's not done by February 5th, chances are you would vote on it on May 5th, not February 6th or 7th. It doesn't work that way. So if it gets opening day is February 5th, they're not going to vote on it on February 6th or 7th, no matter what anybody tells you. All right. It goes through the whole committee process, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And traditionally, and I've been doing it for 25 years, traditionally, the most important stuff gets voted in the last three or four days of the session because, again, like I said, it's got to go through hearings, got to go through a million committees. It gets sent to another committee back and forth, back and forth. They're still rewriting it and changing it. And they vote, you know, at two minutes to midnight on the final night. It's just the way it works. Very strongly, the desire is to make this happen before the regular session starts otherwise yes. and, and so that's what they're hoping clearly that you know the, the GOP would would like anything but that to happen they'd, they'd rather see it kind of drag out through a regular session yeah Len Fasano the Senate Republican leader basically said if it's not voted on by the regular session February 5th that it's done for the year the whole year and um, we also didn't mention that the deeper it gets in there's a fear among some that the, it's an election it's year an election in 2020. Year, right. The entire legislature is up and that you would be close. The closer you get to that, that election, the more the voters remember it. And the anti-toll group, their motto is uh, vote for tolls, lose at the polls. <laughs> That's their mantra. And they uh, they're sticking with it. All right. Well, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode was produced with the help of current Capitol Bureau Chief Chris Keating. Our executive producers are Megan Merrigan and Dan Brecklin, and our senior executive producer is Andrew Julian. I'm Mike Hamid, the host and producer of Capital Watch, which is a production of the Hartford Current Media Group. As always, stay on top of Connecticut news by visiting current.com. We'll see you next time.